Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's never too late to jump into underdog fantasy. The best ball tournaments have all switched to live, but underdog fantasy has tons of tourneys and drafts for your every day to try and fill your bankroll. Personally, I've won over 20 bucks just in week one alone. So check out Underdog Fantasy today. First-time depositors, use the code WFNY at checkout, and Underdog Fantasy will match your deposit up to $100. That's that's WFNY at checkout. Good luck. Welcome back to Browns Cast Week 2. I am your host, Taylor Jedrzejczyk, and this week I am joined by two people. I guess two, I guess two two guys in one. Yep. I guess Gerbs wanted to bring someone else to make sure that he could shut me up for the, so we kept it under an hour and a half this week. <laughs> I, I bring more people in to talk less. I don't know if that's <laughs> efficient, but you know we can make it work. It's fine. <laughs> Who cares about logic? This is a Browns pod, <laughs> right? We this is a this is a website called Waiting for Next Year. Logic has gone out the window long ago. We, we just embrace chaos at this point. <laughs> we right. do things. We just embrace chaos. Chaos is all we have left. <laughs> so, uh, you know, based on the jovial nature of this first couple minutes, uh, how are you guys? How are you? Oh, Matt, Matt, Matt Milner is here this week. Uh, along with Gerbs. I should introduce people. I'm going to get better as a host as we go. Yeah, come on, Jed. <laughs> get get on it. Come on, man. <laughs> Hosting is like one of those things that like you can, it, it does take time to get it, but you, you either have it or you don't. And uh, you, you got it. You got it. You're good. You're fine. I'm getting there. Yeah, but it, you do get better as you get, as you do it more of it. So, you know. I hope that's the case. So anyway, <laughs> um, obviously we're all still in a pretty good mood. Um, how long did it take you guys to come down from Sunday? Are you still riding it? Oh, I'm still riding it a little <laughs> bit. It wasn't as high as it was on Monday, but I'm still riding the vibes very, very much so. Uh, I I am doing all right. There was uh, – these guys are going to test. Um, in the Discord on Sunday, I literally t- uh, posted – I am so freaking scared about this game. And uh, and I'm still now also so freaking scared about this game uh, because uh, we actually had a a big uh, conversation with Milner today and all the, we'll call us old heads, I guess, that are in the Discord were like, you don't understand. We've been here before. (laughs) <laughs> we've we've seen should be wins turn seen some into things, man. We, we've we've seen should be should be wins turn into horrible blowouts. You just haven't it, having it's, yeah, it's Vietnam like, flashbacks, right? It's like when the new guy shows up to work and he's like all naive. And it's like, oh yeah, today's gonna be fun, and it's like you don't understand. This right. is gonna be the worst day of your life. 
<laughs> there was the worst, a, a, the worst day of your life so far. Right. A real quick <laughs> tangent on that end, just as a like example, we I work for a school, and uh, a couple years ago they had we we used to have three guys that worked there, and it was me included. There's the other guy has left. Uh, my one of my very first summer days we had to move all of the Chromebook carts and iPad carts and put them in the back of a box truck. They were like, Hey, you're going to ride in the back. I'm like, okay, cool. It's only like weekend or whatever like that. Yeah. Um, they failed to tell me that like, that was the, the carts come flying at you as you take turns <laughs> and things, despite the fact that they're locked in. Um, and I meant to keep them from banging into the walls and falling out of the back of the truck. Um, oh, and yeah, it's also 130 degrees in there. Have fun. Right, 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 right. <laughs> it's the middle of August and, you know, you're trying not to have your, uh, bones broken. Um, yeah, so that's, that's, uh, that's us giving it, giving, giving you to this great, you know, uh, Browns fandom. Here's your uh, here's your win in week one. Be excited about it. Uh, go get go get in the back of the truck. Everything's gonna be fine. <laughs> here's an ice cream sundae. There's a fifty percent chance that there all there is is nails under the ice cream. Have fun. Right. right. <laughs> this definitely isn't a piece of poop wrapped in a Butterfingers wrapper. <laughs> that's a Ted Lasso joke for anybody that's didn't get it. <laughs> How much uh, how much lifeblood did you draw from the social media content in the in the twenty four hours that followed the game? I, I, I think, think I've I consumed. I, uh, you go, Gertz. I think I've seen uh, Miles Garrett cross over the uh, Bengals guard no less than nine hundred times. <laughs> could you see it nine hundred more? I absolutely could. <laughs> For yeah. me. I, I've definitely consumed like the game highlights, just watching it over and over again. Cause I, when, whenever there's a big win, I just, I'll put that on a loop and just like, and that and the Miles Garrett crossover thing, it's just been such a fun week. Like it's just one of those weeks where you just want to cherish it for so long. Like that's just kind of what it feels like. Yeah. It's, it's rare that, I mean, obviously it's rare that we've come into a season and had that kind of feeling right out the gate. Um, we've, we've only won three of these and the other two, well, one of them was a blowout, but none of us, except for Gerbs were like super remembrance of that game. <laughs> I graduated high school that year. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I, we, we talked about this in the post game. I, I was 11. <laughs> Yeah, the, the last time the the Browns won a like an opener at home, and and, B, and I can't talk. NFL Two K Five what came out, and that was the last Two K football game they ever came out with. It was one of the best games of all time. Remember so that game? That long. Do you remember that game was thirty dollars? Yeah, they tried to up, like undercut Madden because they were like sixty. I remember that. Yeah, That's why my dad bought the game. Yeah, and then Madden had to change their price because they were getting just rolled. Yeah, and then they went to the NFL, backdoored them, and got the rights, and 2K yeah. can never make an NFL game ever again. <laughs> yeah, it was it was definitely a great week for Twitter con like consumption, um, whether it be just watching highlights, 
I mean, I mean, watching Miles Garrett sack and hearing just the crowd noise has has been great. Um, seeing some of the reaction out of Cincinnati has been rather satisfying. Um, like, again, week one, they've started like crap the past two years, so they're like not in full panic mode. But you can tell they were very quiet this week because they are so closely related to the Browns. Right. They, they don't want to. They don't want to have any interaction if they can't. If they can help it. Right. Well, then you have the Joe Goodberry, uh, you know, copium of the. Well, they're lining off. They're li- they're lining up in a neutral zone, and it's like, well, yeah, you. Your first tweet was your guys are lining up off the line of scrimmage, like <laughs> they're cheating, trying to block our guys. So what is this? Right. <laughs> You, you know how many you know how many false starts this year could actually be called against the tackle that goes against Miles Garrett? <laughs> so many, so oh, many, so many, and it won't be. But that's fine. Yeah. We'll deal with that at a later day. You know. But while we while we f- get ready to flush this game like the team are, says they already have, what what's your biggest takeaway uh, um, from this week going into this week and the rest of the season? Um, for me. I mean, it's hard to ignore the defense. The fact that they basically dominated one of the best offensive teams in the NFL for the last couple of years, and they only allowed three points in, like, 80 passing yards from Joe Burrow. Like, that was the main takeaway for me. I think think the most impressive part is that the Bengals, I think, realized midway through, through the second quarter that this was a very different Browns defense. And they couldn't figure out an answer in the next, like, 15 minutes of play. And by the middle of the third quarter, they were just like, okay, <laughs> we're just going to play this out and see what happens. But this doesn't feel good. <laughs> like, the body language was not great. Oh, yeah. It, it, like, by the time, like, it was the end of the third quarter, they were like, yeah, this, this we're punting the rest of the game. As soon as they went forward on fourth down at their – territory they were like yeah this yeah that was that was that was their first position of the fourth quarter and they were still it was a two possession game and they went for it at their own 31 so it was a very weird chain of events like i don't know why you if you're gonna go for it i i get that there's and and there was a perfectly good situation i think it was in the second quarter for them to go for it i think what was it they had fourth and five at the browns like 44 or 41 or something and that's when they kicked right no they punted Oh, right, 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 They were down. They were down ten nothing. It might have been the early third quarter. Yeah, but it, it came up at the uh, the cowardly punt meter as like one of the worst punts to be recorded since two thousand four. <laughs> so, oh. um, yeah. it, it was a weird. It was a weird coaching game from the Bengals because it looked like they brought one game plan, and when that didn't work, they were just like. Joe Burrow, oh, no. go do go do things. <laughs> yeah, save us like you always do, except that he right. couldn't do it. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, the Bengals, I think, will be fine. I mean, they should be fine. <laughs> they're a good team with a good quarterback. So, like when they're not playing the Browns, they're one of the best teams in the league. When they're playing the Browns, they're the Bengals that existed in 2018. So, yeah, I, I don't. don't as far as my takeaway, um, I was excited about some of the things that the offense did. Um, 
I obviously the the offense was a little stunted passing wise due to the weather. Um, but the ground game looked great. Uh, the couple shots that they the play calling was immaculate. Um, you know the the trick plays that they tried were within were in stride and, and, and everything seemed to go properly. Um, just the the execution of them was a little off, but I mean the 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 calls were good. Um, and the other other than the you know the general throwing of the ball, which you know obviously is a, is a big deal but can be explained due to the weather. Um, you know, it was a, it was a pretty good effort all around on the offense. And uh, that, uh, that helped me feel a little bit better about uh, things going forward. So, yeah, I think that was one of the things that most surprised me when we got, when we sat down on Sunday night and did this, that I looked at the box score and they had 350 yards of offense on a game where in a game where they didn't feel like they moved the ball that well. Right. So and like 200 yard rushing yards. Yeah, like the Chargers were the only team in the league that had rushed more on Sunday or Monday. Um, since you know, than the Browns, um, nobody had more first downs. You know, like they were a very efficient team on offense that was doing all of the things that you expect a Browns team to do. Um. You yeah, know, they I were... mean, if you if you put that game in a vacuum and factor in the weather, you look at the Browns' offense, which handled themselves fairly well. Yeah, they dealt with it. The Bengals checked out at halftime. Like, or they checked out shortly after when when McPherson missed the field goal. I think they were just like, "Nope, Not we ain't got it, we ain't got it today. It. We ain't got it." <laughs> um, but thank you, Gerbs, for the glorious transition into offense talk. Um. You talked about Deshaun Watson a little bit. What what did you see out of him last week that you liked, and what did you what what do you, what more do you want out of him? I think the uh, scrambling um, I, at first, and I I mentioned this in our, our game thread. I was a little worried that he seemed to be going uh, rush option a little early in the in the game. But um, he, he, I don't know if it was jitters or if it was game plan, but that seemed to calm down a little bit. There were a couple of designed runs that were, um, including the touchdown, including the touchdown, um, that were that worked well. Um, and, and he ended up not doing too much that were that was scrambles out of the pocket, and he's able to make those plays and, and do those things, and, and that's you know, all part of his athletic ability is why you got Deshaun Watson is because of the things that he can do in those uh, regards. But um, I, I was a little worried that he was going rush too or too soon, but he only had five rushes on the day. Uh, he had 45 yards. So, I mean, nine, nine it, yards it, a pop. It was effective. Nine yards a pop is pretty effective on those. So you can't really be too upset about it. Um the the only other thing that uh, was noticing he he did get better as the game went on with getting his feet set a little bit. Um, I don't know. I wasn't in Cleveland, um, and it seemed as though the weather still was holding up the you know the whole time. Uh, but he seemed to be getting his his feet a little bit better and uh, wasn't skipping as many 
stones to guys' feet uh, as the game went on. Um, he was uh, it was was hitting them in the breadbasket and you know a little bit better. So yeah, it, it was... it just just seeing Watson be Watson was was probably the best thing that we saw you know towards the end of the game on Sunday. Yeah, on I was offense. I was listening to Jake Burns on the uh, OBR film breakdown today, and he. He he said something that like made a lot of sense when I thought about it more. He looked a lot like he did in Houston last year mm-hmm. when he was overamped. He was overamped to start the game, and unlike in Houston when he like they just weren't good enough to really get to him. He they they pointed out that he seemed to settle down after he took that big hit in the pocket on the touchdown drive. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he, I noticed that once too. once he got hit, he was like, "Okay, I'm back. I'm foot. This is football. I'm I'm not gonna be like I know what I'm doing now." So, maybe sometimes guys just need that. Yeah, okay. in a, yeah, in a weird way, like some guys just need that, like knock it, like get knocked their uh, <laughs> their brains knocked in a little bit to realize, you know, you're that good, right? You can you can do this, like in. That moment of time, he just needed that, and like, well, thank God, because it, it looked it was getting ugly at, at up to that point. We talk about brains too much on this podcast. <laughs> we don't do surgery on brains. We have. How does this always go back to brains? We do not condone exploratory brain surgery here. This is, this at is, a, this is a lobotomy free zone. <laughs> We've done it, everybody. We've done it three times. I've been on this podcast three times. We've said it three times. It's all I want. It's all I want in life. Listen, I'm 38. The little memes of podcasts are what keep me coming back to that. At, at this at this point, brain surgery is going to turn into the uh, the syphilis of the Ken Garment show. Right. Yes. yes. <laughs> little inside memes of jo- of jokes of podcasts are what keep me coming back to them. So that's that's where we're at. We, we made it. We made it about 16 minutes. Um, yeah. Um. Uh, Speaking of Watson getting hit, uh, how much confidence do we have in our offensive tackle situation against J.J. Watt and Alonzo Highsmith? Hmm. Watson got sacked seven times in December. Uh, let's see. I guess it. Oh, it's so tough because with Jed and and Dewan, I mean Dewan's a rookie, so like you, you're always going to have concern because he doesn't have that experience, and Jed has always been kind of inconsistent. So I mean. You're o- you're always going to be worried about him a little bit, so I'm I'm say slightly worried, but I think with the injuries to Cam Hayward, it will lessen the load on um, like Joe Batonio to where they could like feasibly double team uh, Watt more. I would think. Yeah, I would say that the biggest issue, one of the biggest holes in Jed's game, is that he often sets too far, mm-hmm. and guys run back under him uh, without. Without um, Hayward there, it's possible that they could get um, Batonio in positions where he can kind of leak back a little bit and help him back on those inside rushes if he gets out of position. Yeah, on a 1 to 10, I'm probably at a, honestly, like a 3 or 4. 
which is probably better than what I thought it would be. You know, if you told me that Jack Conklin was going to be missing week two and the rest of the season, but um, having Jones come in uh, to game to week one, the, the way he did as early as he did um, not subbing him out. You know, he went against, was against Chris Hubbard. He went against, uh, you know, Trey Hendrickson. These are good, good rushers in Cincinnati that he held his own against Watson. I don't, did Watson take a sack? I don't remember checking that out or seeing Once that. Once on Jones air. came in, um, he was pretty clean for the most part after that. I mean, he 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 was sacked what twice or three times. That was like the beginning of the game. Yeah, right. one of them was like a one yard sack that a guy managed to grab his foot before he left the pocket. But right, and uh, we did mention last week that Watson does take more sacks than normal because of his. He likes desire. to keep plays alive. Yes, his desire to keep plays alive and, and move things around. So, you know, not awful that it uh, happened for for there to be only two sacks against that defense when they're in. We have to we have to attack mode. Yeah, against a rookie ta- rookie right tackle, like that's that's pretty good in my opinion. So, I think one of the nice things about Dewan Jones is that he is more cut out for this matchup than someone like uh, James Hudson would have been. Mm-hmm. We we saw what James Hudson did on that Monday night game a couple of years ago uh, when he just got destroyed play after play. And it was almost like it was retribution against Baker for some reason. But <laughs> like it, at some point you wonder. Um, but I was at that game. I was freezing my ass off in the upper deck watching whatever that whatever that was um but the having having dewan jones as a stronger pass blocker but weaker run blocker is interesting against the steelers because the steelers are more built to get after you on in the passing game especially without cam hayward yeah like they they don't really give you that much resistance on uh run defense but when it's pat like Pass defense, that's usually their bread and butter because of who they usually have. And with DeWan, like TJ Watt has a tendency, like his way of like getting to the quarterback is to bully his way to the QB. And with DeWan, he's so huge. He might be able to handle him just because he's so big that he can't just manhandle him. Like Yeah, so. he's not going to be able to shove him back off the ball. Right. I mean, obviously, TJ Watt is a very good player, so he's probably going to get the better of him a few times. But like it's not going to be your typical – defensive player of the year versus rookie tackle rookie fourth round tackle matchup just because of the size advantage that Dewan Jones has. Yeah. He's just, he's big Thanos, man. He he is a large human being. Like you can't even miss him. Like even when you're not noticing, you notice it, you notice him right away. He he's so big. They have, they have failed to make shoulder pads that fit his frame. (laughs) <laughs> yeah i know it looks like toy shoulder pads it, like, yeah they're, they're pads. like sticking out because he's just too big like like the the peewee guy trying to fit into the u11 player trying to fit in his u6 pads <laughs> yeah after the growth spurt yeah yeah me me wearing my my middle school pads all the way through high school <laughs> for no reason <laughs> <laughs> I definitely grew out of them, but they were mine, and I didn't trust the school stuff. 
Um, the the obviously the flip side of that offense is the running game. Uh, last week, I looked it up. I think I think Christian McCaffrey averaged like six point two yards per carry on that defense. Oh, A lot wow. of that is going to be scheme. Uh, that there there isn't very many schemes that are better than the 49ers. And like I keep telling anyone who wants to listen, if that if that if Christian McCaffrey stays healthy, he is a intercontinental ballistic missile in that offense because he is the perfect player for it. Yeah, so you, you can't take a lot of like I don't think you're gonna expect every running back to go out there and run for six six yards per carry on the Steelers, but Nick Chubb ran for five last year. How how important is it that the offense is able to kind of match that production? I think it's important just to at least set that tone because if you set that tone right away that you that they can at least establish the running game so like the pass game can play off of it, that's where I think they'll have their most success because they need to at least show that the show the Steelers like we're not going to let you. Out physical us, which has been the case for the last 20 years that I've been living. Like they've always tried to bully us, but this is the one time I believe we have the guys to bully them back, you know? Yeah. And there's been games in the last few years where the Browns have been the aggressor. Uh, the game they had to win to get into the playoffs in 2020, the wild card game the next weekend, um, the Thursday night game in week three of last year. Um, they, they, those were all games where the Browns were the aggressor. And they took it to the Steelers whenever they could. And they won all those games, surprise, surprise. So it's it's just the Browns are still while while we have called the Bengals the little brother in our matchup the last few years, until we can consistently beat the Steelers, we're still the little brother to them. We're still the upstart because they have all the pedigree. They have all the wins in the last few years. We still have to prove it. For sure. Like, I think the last time we've won, we swept the series, it was back in the 80s. And, like, it's been a very long time. So we need to at least show them that this is not the same old Browns. I wasn't alive. <laughs> so I would have maybe been born. Possibly. <laughs> Born halfway through the eighties, so I don't I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I definitely wasn't alive. But uh I actually just pulled up the box score. Christian McCaffrey ran for one fifty two and twenty two carries, good for six point nine yards per carry. Nice. Now is that is that uh boosted by the fact that he had sixty five yard touchdown run? Yes. Not not, yeah. But <laughs> but six point nine is a lot. And, and yes, it is a very nice average. Um, what what is what is the Browns' offense going to be built to do this weekend? Do you think are they going to? Last week we kind of thought that they might pass to run, and then the weather said, "Nah, you thought." So are they going to be kind of that way this this week, or are they going to try and back off the Steelers' rush rushers by running the ball right at them as many times as they can in the beginning of the game? I do think you'll see a little bit more traditional um, because of the lack of Cam Hayward up front where it's rush and then pass. Um, but I also, you know, something, something that not all that 
not a lot of Browns fans may feel, but I, I, I believe in Stefanski's offensive schemes and game plans. And, uh, you know, I am, I believe he is a good play caller, uh, in most respects and, uh, whatever they have planned, I, I fully believe that, uh, it will, uh, work one and two, probably not be what we expect because what we expect is what they expect because we are just three guys who do this for fun in our, you know, spare rooms and not guys that get paid millions of dollars to do it. So I wish I could get paid millions of dollars to do it. Me too. That would be great. (laughs) Me too. I would, I would accept thousands of dollars. (laughs) Right. There's lots of things that I would like to do, but dozens, yeah. dozens of dollars, dozens of <laughs> hundreds of dollars. I don't even need, I don't even need bands, man. Just give me some, I don't know. Anyway. Um, yeah. I, I think they'll go, I think you'll see a heavy dose of Chubb this week. Um, I don't, I don't care how many carries Jerome Ford gets or Nick Chubb gets. Um, you know, the last week was the Nick Chubb has to get 20 to win. Uh, he only had 18 and played half the played half the snaps, less than half the snaps actually. But um, yeah, I I don't care about any of that, especially with week one where you were winning, you know, 24 to three, and a game, you know, half a game was in garbage time. Yeah, the game the game was over uh, with four two possessions left for each team. Right. So I'm not too worried about you know carries, but I do think we'll see heavy doses of Chubb this week. I think you see maybe a little bit more out of Amari Cooper. Um, he had that weird knee t- uh, tweak in the, that seemed to be uh, field aided in that one. But um, yeah, I, I think they'll, I think they'll stick to what they're, what they're known for this week and, and just kind of maybe, maybe less play the, uh, the surprise game. And just more so try to just do the things that are good at and and see where they go from there. I could be wrong and it could be completely opposite, but you know. I, I do have a bold prediction for the run offense. I think um Elijah Moore will get at least four carries. Okay. Yeah, I can see it. I think they wanted to use him more last week, but then like the footing just didn't dictate a whole lot of motion and right wild offensive concepts because you were dealing with slop. So his, his, his speed was mitigated a bit, but I think, and we talked, I think I brought this up in the discord a little bit um, last week during the, during the game. I think that they might try to use him in a bit of the Kareem hunt role as a, as a pass catcher out of the backfield. Uh, Obviously I would not trust him to pass block, (laughs) but (laughs) He, he is a small human he hasn't being. he also hasn't done much of that and you don't trust they haven't trusted Nick Chubb who is built like a brick you know house uh He's back brick. there you know that man is built no. like a, a an oil drum full of concrete heard <laughs> <laughs> somebody kind of runs like that too yeah that's about right um but yeah i can see a little bit of the like in motion screens you know bubble screen where you get more the ball in space behind a, a bunch of receivers 
um, you know, and, and get some yardage that way. Or um, I wouldn't be surprised if they brought back the the hunt hunt and Chubb form formation where they have them both split out to either side of the quarterback. Well, they did that with the uh, oh crap! What did they call that play where they had Chubb get the uh, handoff? Because uh, they on that play where they 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 had Chubb in the backfield. Chubb took the snap. Chubb, and, uh, yeah. Chubb took the snap, handed it to Watson, but they faked him completely out because uh, more was in sweep. like more was in motion, like it was a jet sweep. So the defense all crashed to the left and Watson rolled out to his right and had Goodwin deep. Um, yeah. I, I think they definitely have like four or five whole pages of what the hell was that? Right. <laughs> Just tucked away in the playbook. <laughs> and what the hell was that in a good sense? Not like flea flicker from your own end zone. Like Hugh Jackson ran once or sneaking from the five with no timeouts to end the half. Woo. <laughs> I don't want to remember those times. No. Um, <laughs> humbles you. It humbles you. Yeah, you, you have to have those times or you end up like, like, uh, well, I can't even say Cowboys fans. They just are oblivious to the fact that they've sucked for most of the last three decades. Um, but anyway, let's, let's Cowboys. flip to... Cowboys just went 40 to zero on the Giants and they caught a stray really quick on that one. I don't know what happened there. <laughs> no, I think they're going to be good this year. They're I think they're going to be great. I would just I just really enjoy their that, annual like, like divisional loss is always the h- most hilarious thing. Oh, they're going to lo- they're going to lose at home to the Commanders. Book 100%. It. Book 100%. It. Or to the Niners. It's always to the Niners for whatever reason. They'll they'll find some really bizarre team to lose to, and everyone will want to bench Dak, and then it'll go off the rails because Jerry Jones wants to be Jerry Jones. Um, But let's flip to the Browns' defense, which was obviously the dominant factor on Sunday. Um, The Steelers themselves faced another dominant factor in the 49ers' defense, who I went and and did the the net yardage just because I was curious. In the first five... um, Steelers possessions, they punted four times and were intercepted the other. They had one total yard in that time. By the time they had more than had double digit yards, they were down 20 to nothing. Oh god. How much how much of that is the Niners who have a Super Bowl defense? And how much of that is the Steelers offense kind of being what we thought it was? And we were being gaslit to think otherwise. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I definitely think it's a little bit of both, but I definitely lean towards the the Steelers' offense is just pure crap. Like, I was telling you guys in the Discord, like, it was a rhetorical question for Jed because it was like, how many times have they scored more than 20 points? And he was like, "Uh, let me check. And I answered it for him, and I said, they've only scored more than 20 points nine times in the last 36 games under Matt Canada. 
and they have not even had 400 total yards in that entire entire time span. So you're telling me and all these people that have been saying, oh, the Steelers could easily win this game, that Matt Canada is going to orchestrate a 23-20 to win when he hasn't even orchestrated wins with more than 20 points nine out of 36 times? Like, that's where I'm like this. The, the Niners probably had a field day thinking, man, this is this is a lot easier than we're used to. We we know Kenny Pickett can't throw past 10 yards. We can just pick him off. We can just destroy him without even breaking a sweat. What, what was that tweet? Was it put in our Discord today or did I see it somewhere else where someone on the 49ers basically said, I really just wanted them to do something. I was bored. <laughs> oh, I, I, think I do. I did see that tweet. I don't remember who it was, but they were like, "Yeah, I was tired. I needed them to like actually do something on offense because I, I was, didn't. I, I wasn't didn't want to like, have another I think it was offensive Trent Williams drive. that said he was tired yes. because yes. they kept going on offense because they're all like the Steelers couldn't do anything on them. So they were like, yes. "Dude, we're tired. Can the can you guys do something just to give us a breather?" Yeah. Yeah, like. That offense was putrid, and I don't think it's going to be that bad week in, week out, but I certainly don't think it's going to be good. And it won't be better. It, it will not be better this week, I don't imagine, uh, given the Browns' defense um, and the injuries that they've had. Deontay Johnson's going to be out probably on IR uh, by tomorrow, um, hopefully for my fantasy teams because I have them on a couple and I need the roster spot. Uh, sleeper won't let me drop them. Um, but anyway, I think I, think I, I think I saw that they allowed 22 pressures on Sunday. Yes, that's a fact. That um, that is a lot. It is a lot. It's quite quite a few. <laughs> quite a. It's like a. That's a that's a sieve right there. That's not a line. That's a sieve. Uh, Kenny Pickett threw 46 passes, was sacked five times, so that's 51 dropbacks. You don't uh, want Kenny Pickett throwing. 40 times in a game that's let 50, alone 50 yeah 51 dro- i mean when you're down 20 to nothing you sure can, you're yeah you're, that you're point forced to at some point but blow it <laughs> i mean, somebody's down there <laughs> in in theory you have him throwing 25 to 30 you know you don't want him going of more than 30 in a in a uh in a game that's well scripted but you know um yeah, I, I I was I don't want to say disappointed because I'm a Browns fan and this is a Browns podcast, but I did expect more out of the Pittsburgh offense this year than what was you know shown to us on week one. Um to be fair, this is a defense that people think can carry Brock Purdy to the Super Bowl. Right. I was so. going to say I'm like, this is also like one of the best rosters in the game. So, you know, that in the Niners that they went up against. So it, it, there's in grains of salt included wherever you want to put grains of salt. But, uh, um, yeah, it, it just was – they were just shown to be not yet ready for primetime players. And, they are who uh, we thought they were. Right, as Dennis Greenhead says. And, um, yeah, I, I, don't, uh, I don't see really any issues – I've never been a believer in Najee Harris. Um, he he is he is 
if you took everything that Trent Richardson was and added like two extra attributes. <laughs> sure. Like if, just, if, if, just if sprinkled in a little bit just to make if him Trent Richardson it. was a five in everything, Najee's like a seven. <laughs> yeah, sure. He's, he's as mid as it mid gets, but that, that yeah, he's one of their best offensive players, which is the problem. <laughs> yeah. And right. I, I think I saw that they might be out without Fryermuth as well, which is not good for them. He's questionable, at least. That's so. like that's like Linus's blanket for Kenny Pickett. Um, yes, that was a Peanuts reference in the year of our Lord, 2023. Um, <laughs> but... I got it. I understood it. I, I, I was did too. I did like the peanuts when I was a kid. So I yeah. was with you. I got it. We're there. We're hip. <laughs> Are we hip if we're referencing the peanuts? Sure. <laughs> we're brown fans. We are, we're brown fans. We are very uh, <laughs> we're used to people pulling the football from us on the kick. So. Snoopy, honor, hey, Snoopy honorary member of the dog pound. We're Charlie Brown. We, we've been through this already. We don't even care at this point. We need, we need to have Snoopy be a dog pound captain so he can smash a guitar. Sure. Um, <laughs> Go to Cedar Point, see if he can do it. That would actually, I, I would pay for that. Uh, <laughs> how, how, how much faith do you have that the Browns are going to be able to replicate what the Niners did, even to a slightly lesser extent? I would say about. I would, 85 to 90% sure they could replicate it just because that. I do not. I have never been a big fan of Kenny Pickett, and especially since all the offseason stuff where they were trying to hype up the Steelers and Kenny Pickett as the next great quarterback. Oh, I just want them to just go out there and kill him on Monday. Like, But I'm pretty sure they can do it, too. That, that's why I feel pretty confident about it. Yeah, I was going to say eight to nine myself as well. Um, I, I don't I don't generally speak in, like, this will happen. Uh, because I've seen it not too many times. So, Remember when we were playing the the ass Jets at the end of the 2020 season, right? And we were gonna kick we were gonna kick them across the field, and then all of a sudden we had no wide receivers, right? <laughs> I've I've been too much that, on that was the receiving the one day end. Where I was like, my whole entire being as a fan just shrunk because like how can how can you play a game without wide receivers that day? And we somehow were still we were this close from pulling it off too, which was more frustrating. Yeah, yeah, I've seen it too many times on the other side where we've been, you know, this is going to work, this is going to work, this is going to. Oh God, it's not working. And uh, so, yeah. yeah, I can't ever say that you know this is this is how it's going to be and we're going to be great because I, but I I feel it a little bit more this week compared to others. So. We talked about this last week, or a couple minutes ago, about the pressures that the Steelers allowed. How close do you think the Browns can come to 22? Uh, maybe, I would say... They had 13 against a Bengals offensive line that actually, like, on film study, had did okay. Like, they didn't completely turn into a sieve. I think Joe Burrow just... And the Steelers' offensive line is probably a little bit worse, I would say, just march a little bit. Uh, so maybe 15 is feasible. Yeah, I mean, I think if I had to set an over-under for that and wink, I did not do that for the prop bets that we have coming up in probably about 10 minutes. Um, I I would say that it would probably be about 15 and a half. 
Four, actually, yeah. 14 and a half feels fair. Yeah, that, I'd, I'd agree with you there. 22 just feels like... 22 is absurd. 22 is a lot. Oh, yeah. Um, but that's but that's a function of the, you know, being up 20 to nothing and the, the game, making the, them... The running the game, game went so away so fast. They had no choice but to throw the ball. Yeah, yeah. and Joey Bosa's firing off the ball. or That's Joey, right? I don't know which one's yeah, Nick. Nick, yeah. Uh, yeah, Nick Bosa's firing off the ball every snap to go hunt down a quarterback that's dropping back to pass because he knows that he's dropping back to pass. Right. Like, that, that, that's Perfect. a very hard Perfect thing to block. Of, of that happening. Yeah. Um, I think this this week, I think we're all kind of in the same boat where we saw a defense that can carry this team to the playoffs and deep in the playoffs if they're able to stay healthy. Um, how much do you need to see this week to further solidify maybe within your own pessimistic, this is going to blow up at some point mind that this, this is defense is for real. If they can hold the Steelers under 10 points, I think that that would definitely be like, yep, we can do this. We can do this at at least against really bad teams. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I'm with you there. Um, I, I don't know about 10 just because I feel like, Garbage time happens so much in the NFL sometimes, and you know it can, it can scores can run up on you pretty quickly when even though they're and make bad games look close. Um, if th- if this but, is uh, a game, if this is a game early in the fourth quarter and the Steelers have already scored twenty points, that's a failure. Yeah, yeah. Um, if it's a game early in the fourth quarter and it's fourteen ten. I'm I'm concerned about the offense, but okay, whatever. Right. <laughs> the defense has done their job. Um, realistically, like this this sets up, and you know we we've not said this very much in forever. That this sets up for a game that the Browns could pull away at the end, just simply because the Steelers didn't show us anything last week. I mean, granted, Week One is the worst week to react to anything because anything could be wrong. Like everything could be wrong. Uh, the, the year um, I think about, think about the Panthers, the year that they draft the year before they drafted Julius Peppers, they won their first game and then lost the next 15. <laughs> so week one is not always what it's made out to be. So I think, I think we just want to see them perform just at this, like the same level is hard because you only gave up 143 yards. And if you did that every week, then you'd be the greatest defense to ever step on a football field. Right. So I think you just want to see that they're able to kind of do some of the same things, even if they're not going to put up those ludicrous stats again, that they're getting pressure on the quarterback, that they're able to stay stuck to receivers, that George Pickens isn't making one-handed backflip catches 20 yards downfield because Kenny Pickett overthrew him. Um, I, I think you just want to see consistency in the defense. You don't want blown coverages. Yeah. You want to you make sure that they, they're they not comfortable running the ball because if they're comfortable running the ball, then they don't have to use Kenny Pickett. So. Yeah, just – 
Shut down the run, make Kenny Pickett beat you, and, you know. Yeah, I mean, this has been the strategy against the Browns for a long time. Right. Shut down, yeah, shut down Nick Chubb. Nick QB, throw it, yeah. Shut down Nick Chubb. Let's see what Baker can do. Oh, there he goes. There's a pick. Right. <laughs> um, with a slightly revisit of last game, the Browns finally were able to get past the the stigma, maybe just within their own fan base, but it had started to, started to kind of leak into the general NFL knowledge base that they had not won a game at home in week one since Jeff Garcia was the quarterback. Um, how much could a win in Pittsburgh, which is something, and I put the date here just so we could feel old and be sad, they have not won in Pittsburgh since October 5th of 2003 in the regular season. I say in the regular season. In the regular season. Regular I, had to, season. I had to add that classifier. Yep. Tim Couch was still the quarterback of that football team. That, <laughs> that is how long ago this was. <laughs> I hadn't graduated high school at this point. I was I, seven when this happened. I had, I had turned 10. <laughs> um. How much could a how much could a win for the franchise, for the fan base, for the general perception cleanse further cleanse the aura that we had placed on ourselves on the the Browns had placed on themselves over the last twenty years? If you thought that uh, Cleveland, you know, rocketed up the power rankings with a win over the Bengals. Uh, taking down, you know, the Steelers, which was, as we've as we've said, everybody's darling pick in the AFC North, uh, in especially in dominating fashion, you're gonna see Cleveland in like top fives of power rankings and things like that. You're gonna see, you know, well, why could why why won't it be Cleveland this year? Uh, you know, and and those kinds of things as opposed to whatever. And you'll see fans become even more insufferable. Um, especially especially if the are. Ravens go out and beat the Bengals. Like then you're already oh, two right. games up on the Bengals. You have a game, you're three games up because you already beat them once. Right. If Cincinnati does come out and looks good though, too, one, you look better for tearing down a team that looked awful in week one and now looks like great. Uh, Two, Baltimore loses, so you're even better set up. You're the only, you know, undefeated team in the division yep. if you go out and beat Pittsburgh. Uh, you and, know, so and you have Baltimore two weeks from now, so you can get a game on them in two weeks. Right. Yep. Yeah, you're 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 sitting pretty if you are able to get a, a especially a big win in Pittsburgh. And like I said, the the Browns fans that are that are insufferable will become just mutable on Twitter and the ones that are semi, you know, hot takey will start uh being shout out chops manner uh, managed. Nick Kearns <laughs> shout out <laughs> he'll be writing poems all day, all night, saying we're gonna be going to the Super Bowl after beating the Steelers that bad. Please, please no. <laughs> I can see it now. I can see it now. <laughs> I don't know if Ken Carmen has that trademarked or not. So sorry, Ken, if you're listening at all and don't come for me. 
how how much damage has not being able to beat the Steelers done to the general psyche of Browns fans? Probably a lot because this goes back generations that like we're talking about from the seventies to now, this has just been like a recurring, just help. Like just, it's just been hit over the head our entire lives for some of us, 50 years, 40 years, 30 years, 20 years. Oh, the Steelers are so much better than you. The aura we've won five Super Bowls. What what, your championships don't even count because they're not even Super Bowls. Like you you haven't left one of those Super Bowls out. They've won six. (laughs) (laughs) They've won so many. I forgot how many. So (laughs) like it's so, so much of it is like if they beat them on Monday, especially on Monday night football in front of a, a national audience. And especially if it's very, uh, a very solid victory. Oh, Browns fans will just go out of their minds crazy because as, as much as the rivalry has softened over my lifetime, beating the Steelers is like the coup de gras, the just chef's kiss win that you at least need to get one out of the year. Yeah, you know highly and highly I regard that that game in December, fourteen years ago, when they sacked Ben nine times <laughs> in like a three and thirteen season. Right, that <laughs> was oh, peak memory of a peak Browns memory from that era. Absolutely. <laughs> um, but I think I think it's time for us to move on to some prop bets. Uh, just, for those out there that care, Let's get Matt it. and Joe actually posted the. Most points last week. Uh, Matt and Gerbs posted the most points last week. They racked up nine points in our ten or eleven picks. Um, they got a bunch of bonus points. Uh, they they both hit on three of the pop prop bets, and they ha- they are at nine. I am at seven, and Noah is at six. So going into this week, obviously we all need some points. Um, we're gonna. Hopefully, rack up some more. Our first prop bet is Deshaun Watson over or under 234 and a half passing yards. I'm going to go with over this time because I feel like if the weather's a lot better and with another week of preparation, I say he hits the over. Yeah, I'm going to go over as well. I think they, uh, air it out a little bit more, whether it be a little bit more uh, tenable for, for him to pass. So I'll say over. Okay. I am going to be a bit contrarian and say under because I simply don't think they will need him to throw that much. Wouldn't mind that either. Wouldn't mind that either. Yeah, as long as it's an efficient day, I don't think they need 270 yards out of him. So does that mean that you think the next one, uh, Chubb over under 89.5 rushing yards, are you going the over there? Yes, I am. Uh, Same. I'll go with you and say same. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that one, like with what what the Steelers gave up last week and, I mean, five and a half yards of carry, 188 yards on the ground, um, 154 to 152 to Christian McCaffrey, who is... You know, great running back, but not not what Nick Chubb is in terms of actually run like powerhouse bruising running. Um, it, it's it's a matchup that the Browns have tried to exploit the last few years, and for the most part, have done a good job. 
Right. Um, okay, so related to that, we have Brown's offense over or under five yards per carry on, on the ground. Hmm. They, uh, they averaged 5.08 last year. One game they were slightly under five, one game they were at six. I'll go with over on this one. I think I'm going to go over as well. Yeah, I think, well, for my prediction, general, my line of thinking here, for them to be successful and for without Watson throwing with for a bunch of passing yards, they either have to generate like seven turnovers or they're going to have to run the ball for over five yards of carry. Right. That's just kind of how this offense functions. Yeah. For the record, also just they were 5.2 yards per attempt uh, in uh, week one. So, yes. you know, if you just have a, even, a, a, as much as we said, we said it earlier, it didn't feel like they were that successful on offense and to get 5.2 and 206 and, on the ground. And that's, you know. with, and that's with at the end of the game them just sending uh, Jerome Ford into seven-man boxes or eight-man right. boxes and say, go go kill clock. Like, right. I don't think yeah. he racked up Get that experience. many yards. Go clock. Shoot. Go, go out and run. <laughs> don't fumble the ball or you'll be cut. Your <laughs> <laughs> strong's right behind you. you... <laughs> so help me God, I will find Kareem Hunt. He's still available. No one has signed him. I don't know how he hasn't signed yet. Anyway. Um, okay, so the next one's a bit of a fun one. He did throw for 200 yards passing, two hundred more than 200 yards passing last week in a game where he had to because that's all they did. But Kenny Pickett over under 199 and a half passing yards. If we're including garbage time... Hopefully, um, I'm gonna say over just because they if, like if it gets as bad as it did on week one, he's gonna have to throw it. Yeah, I don't like being the. It's fun to say overs, and so I, I think I do agree with uh, Wizard that uh, over just makes sense if you're doing a lot of garbage time. I I want to say under because I just want it to be under, but the next one probably will be. Uh, will be an under there so next one is challenging though i'm gonna go under on the picket i think i think he gets close to that but i think the browns defense will do enough will allow just enough on both sides both rushing and passing that neither gets to a point where you're like oh that was a great day yeah, like it doesn't mentally trick you like, oh, you actually did good. Like, no, no, no. Yeah, Definitely. like if you throw for 175 yards and run for 110, like you still didn't get to 300. <laughs> so uh, so you're just alerted to it a little bit. Our, our uh, prop bet for the Steelers offense, based on recent trends, over under 16 and a half points. I've already said I'm going to go under here. I think they are able to keep them, uh, maybe not in single digits like uh, their week one and Cleveland's week one, but I do think that they do hold them to around about 10. You know, maybe a garbage time touchdown, a field goal later. The challenging challenging part here is 17 is a common number for bad offenses to hit. 
Yeah, that, that's where it gets tricky because it's like they could still hit the over, but just slightly. Um, <laughs> 16 and a half is kind of diabolical. <laughs> it's just, uh, I guess I'll just go with under. I say they score 14. They maybe get two touchdowns in my mind. Yeah, I think I'm going to go under as well. Um, I think it'd be hilarious if they scored 15 and just kept kicking field goals. <laughs> I can um, see it. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah. They, they get like two two field goals, and it's like, see, we scored more than twenty this week. See, Matt Canada is actually good. They'll try to talk themselves that into it that way. I wouldn't mind that. Yeah. Okay, and this is actually a a rehash of last week, just because I think it makes sense to to challenge it again. Brown sacks over under three and a half. Last week we mostly said the over on. Uh, on, or we split the over under on that one, but they this had guy, two. This guy said under. They had two, <laughs> and the but the, the the Niners racked up five. So yeah, do, we think, do we think? Yeah, do we think they? Do we think they hit might, the over this, this one week? Might be an easy over. This might be an easy over. Yeah. this might be a lock. <laughs> yeah, I think I think I'm gonna. I didn't like. I toyed with doing four and a half. This but, is maybe Miles's number. <laughs> that would be nice. It uh, would be. The, the, Just goes full TJ Watt on Baker Mayfield in Baker's last game. The Niners, <laughs> the Niners did have a guy go for three sacks last week. So TJ Watt had three sacks last week. TJ Watt had three sacks that but if but if three sacks happen and you're down twenty to nothing, do they really happen? Sure. Those go in a number rock somewhere. We call those empty calorie stats, girls. Nah. That's what they are. <laughs> Bad team, good stats. So what you're saying here? Yeah, he is. Who who's on the? No, he just got traded from the Wizards to the Suns. It, like, Bradley Beal. Yeah, he's the Bradley Beal of. <laughs> he was the Bradley Beal. Of that Booker day. was the one that was always a good stats, bad team guy, and then the Suns became a good team. <laughs> wow! So it tends to happen when you get Kevin Durant. Well, you know. They were good before, but yeah. Um, okay, so moving on to some game picks, we're going to run through our non-Browns picks, even though I kind of have a feeling where we're going to go with that one. Um, can't One of the other big AFC games this week outside of this division, Chiefs at Jacksonville. Jacksonville had a good week one. The Chiefs very much did not, but the Chiefs are looking to have their guys back. Um, Jacksonville is a three-point home dog. So even with Kelsey coming back, I'm taking the the points and going the home dog here. Hmm. I think that might be a solid bet. Um, I'll say Chiefs cover. I think they get the like they they knock some sense into Jack Jacksonville and uh, they cover. I'm gonna go with the Chiefs just because I simply cannot see them starting zero two. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that 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 even even with the kind of middling roster they have outside Mahomes and Jones and Kelsey, those three guys are almost. I mean, those three guys almost carried in Super Bowl. So, um, this is this week because we have some more variants with the spreads. I decided to pick some big spread games. We have Seattle at Detroit, and Detroit is minus six. Hmm. 
Now you uh, reminder you don't this we're we're just picking the winner. If if the favorite covers the spread, you get a bonus point. If the underdog wins outright, you get a bonus point. Okay. So we're not picking against the spread. I just put the spread there because it's fun. No. Oh. <laughs> okay. Well, now you've confused um... me. No. <laughs> you foiled my plans. Um, <laughs> no, I I still like I say. To that end, I will take Detroit, but I do think Seattle covers if you are uh, betting here in Ohio. Um, I'll take Detroit as the winner. So, Yeah, I, I kind of I agree. Uh, I just don't think – I didn't ever really buy the Seahawks as like the darling team that people thought they were in that division. Their defense just isn't that great, and the – I love Gino, and they have a great wide receiver stable there, but uh, sometimes it seems to be missing in the offense, and, and I don't trust the defense at all. So, Yeah. Um, I was going to go with uh, Seattle for that one because I felt like Detroit might have a letdown, but then you, then you just talked me out of it, so I'm going to go with the Lions. <laughs> Naturally, the Lions will now lose. Um, <laughs> okay, so we got the Jets – Getting eight and a half points on the road in Dallas. I'm worried for Zach Wilson's health. <laughs> his health or his life? <laughs> yes. It has to be Cowboys. Like, just yeah. take Cowboys. Don't don't <laughs> are, don't take any points. The Giants. What do you think they're going to do to the Jets? <laughs> if you are betting, put Cowboys in any kind of teasers and get that down to just like. Jets giving points almost like I don't care what you have to do. Minus eight and a half you, is a lot. It's that's a lot. A, that is a big spread. I put it out yeah. there because it's a big that's spread like a for the college bonus football. Line. It is a it is a big spread, but this is also a Cowboys team that took down, uh, put forty up on the the Giants, uh, which are which were darlings. I, I so, nearly I nearly lost a fantasy game to that defense. Yeah, they, I won. I won fantasy with <laughs> Dallas's defense. They put up thirty-eight and a half was, points in my league. I lost a matchup because I <laughs> I sat Anthony Richardson for Danny Dimes. So, ouch. Yeah, ouch. Okay. Lost it by two points. Thanks, Tyler Bass. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we have an important game and one that it should be harder to pick than the others. Um, we have Ravens at Cincinnati. And I think I might have typed that wrong. I think the Bengals are three and a half point favorites. If they are still three and a half point favorites, take the points. I think Cincinnati bounces back this year. Um, I or this week rather. Um, I yeah. I don't know what the spread is, but I I would take Cincy. Even it, with, it's it's Cincy minus so. three and a half. Yeah. Okay. Oh, minus three yeah. and a half. Okay. Still, regardless. I take Cincy at home. You're, you're just I, picking. The, you're just picking the winner. You yeah. just get a bonus point if they cover. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I think yeah. Cincy bounces back. They ended up. They get back to 500. Yeah, I, I mean, I have never been. Some, this entire off season, I've never been like, and, and you can call it hater, hater field, but I've never been Haterade. someone that has been like fully bought into what the Bengals are trying or the, the Ravens are trying to sell me. The offense is weirdly built, even with Todd Munkin. Um, you're relying on old guys and Mark Andrews. 
and Zay Flowers, who they like, while he seems good coming out of college, the, the Ravens' track record draft, drafting receivers lately has been butt. And their defense has lost a lot. They lost a lot in free agency. I think they've already yeah. lost Marlon Humphreys to injury. Um, yeah. Like, they're struggling. So the, I, I think, the offense had a lot of hits this week and two. So yeah, so I'm gonna go Bengals. I I don't think they're obviously. I don't think they're as bad as they were last week. That was that was that was an anomaly. That was some John Kidney, for the, that was some John Kidney era Bengals shit. <laughs> I'm really glad yes. I took the Jaguars because I think we're all gonna take Cleveland for Pittsburgh. Uh, Cleveland versus Pittsburgh, but I'm the only one that went any kind of different here. So. Yeah, I thought I picked good games that had some variance, but I guess I didn't. <laughs> if we went spread, if if we're going spread, I would take Seattle. So I'm I'm okay even switching that to Seattle beating the Lions. Yeah. You want to do that? To, I will do that just to throw some variance in there. I got a lead, so you, you got some points to burn. Okay, so tell me why the Browns are winning. I guess. <laughs> uh, listen to the first uh, hour and six minutes of this podcast. <laughs> yeah, just Kenny Pickett, uh, Matt Canada. That's about it. That's my explanation. <laughs> Kenny Pickett, Matt Canada combination bad. Right. Brown's <laughs> defense good. <laughs> <laughs> Just full on caveman explanation. <laughs> we, right. have, we have explained the game in eight words. <laughs> like, I, I think, and we talked about the stigma, but I think the only reason any of us have any doubt is that stigma that we've never we don't beat the Steelers often and we rare and we haven't beaten them there aside from a playoff game yeah. where Ben Roethlisberger looked like he was half retired. Yeah, it's um, the it's the aura of the the Steelers and Tomlin that make it, you know, hard to uh hard to bet against. So, yeah, it's it's tough. Like the fact that the Steelers are home dogs to the Browns that hasn't happened since 1989. Like right. It's some guy named Bud Carson. I did not, I did not know who that was until somebody brought it up. Like Bud Carson, he was a coach for the Browns. But anyway, <laughs> that man existed. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, if you slap any other, and we've done this already, we've done this this shtick already. If you slap any other uniform on the Browns, it feels a lot different, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Like that's what I was trying to explain in the Discord. Like logically, the Browns should go should be able to manhandle the Steelers. But I can understand why on the other end, Gerbs, Dave, Bodie, basically trying to shake me out of it. Like you naive fool, what are you saying to us right now? What what what's what's six steps above jaded? <laughs> tired, just tired, <laughs> beaten down, right? <laughs> Exhausted, bewildered. Catatonic. There you go. <laughs> and and with that, I think that I think catatonic is a good place to sign up. Um, we we will be back. Um, I I work too early on Tuesday morning to schedule a Monday night pod, so we will be back on Tuesday afternoon. Uh, to break down what is hopefully a Browns win. Hopefully it's a Browns win that 
we don't stress about too much during the game. I, I like I like games with little stress, and we don't have very many of those. Yeah. <laughs> but any any final thoughts? No, I just you know, go Browns. That's all I got. That's all I got. It's it's late for me. Okay. Four what o'clock happened. Four o'clock happens really early, guys. <laughs> what about you? What about you, Matt? You got any final thoughts? Uh, no, not not really. I'm good. Okay. Well, go Browns. Go, go Browns. Browns. <laughs> History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy, and riddled with controversies big and small. On Conflicted, we dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad, the fact from the fiction, and the monsters from the misunderstood. Was Genghis Khan a murderous butcher or a civic pioneer? Did the Allied powers go too far? in firebombing the German city of Dresden at the twilight of World War II? And how did the Marquis de Sade acquire such a sinister reputation? And was any of it true? These are just a few of the tough questions we wrestle with and investigate on Conflicted. So if you love history or just enjoy a good story, please join me, your host, Zach Cornwell, for a fascinating new topic each and every month. Conflicted, a history podcast, is available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon.